0: Hi, welcome to Civic's Change Agent Chat, episode 26. During these chats, we speak with change agents who are working to create a better healthcare system for us all. I'm Stephanie Spriggs with the Center for Improving Value in Healthcare, or as we like to call it, Civic. In this chat, Taman Osborne Roberts, Civic's former CMO, is speaking with Melanie Plaxon, VP of Market Growth for Dispatch Health. Dispatch Health works as an extension of primary, specialty, and home care by delivering simple to complex medical treatment in the convenience of the home. Using different mediums including a free mobile app, website, and telephone, patients, clinicians, and caregivers can request on-demand care. During this chat, we learn about the challenges in setting up a new model for healthcare delivery and the types of outcomes Dispatch Health is seeing. We recorded this chat in April 2018. Thanks for listening and enjoy the chat. Good
1: afternoon, Colorado! How is everyone doing? Well, oh, you can't answer. No. In all seriousness, it's uh, really great to have everyone back again for yet another Change Agent Chat here with CIVIC. I am the Chief Medical Officer of CIVIC, Taman Osborne Roberts, and uh, we're really happy to have you here with us today. Um, today we'll be uh, talking uh, with uh, someone from Dispatch Health, and we'll talk a little bit more about them today, but just you know, really uh, wanted to Go ahead and um, remind everyone of a few things. One is that we would love for you to send us questions as uh, we have the conversation today and uh, you can do so uh, in the uh, question and answer portion of of, uh, the zoom chat. Uh, In addition to that. You know, we'd uh, like to remind uh, everyone uh, to remain uh, on mute. Uh, And uh, aside from that, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. So today uh, we have a a very, very um, uh, Special chat. It's a little different than uh, what we uh, have done for a little while. Uh, Namely, we're actually not going to necessarily be talking uh, about civic data. Uh, One of civics roles in the community, as you know, is to serve as a convener for the various people who are out there on the ground, making change happen in the uh, health and healthcare ecosystem. And we're lucky enough today uh, to uh, be looking at somebody who's making a, a huge change happen. Um, you know, uh, today we have a Melanie Plaxton from Dispatch Health with us. Uh, Dispatch Health, um, well, you know, Melanie, I will let you take it away and tell us a little bit about Dispatch Health, uh, who uh, uh, who you are, how you started, and what you do. Great,
2: thank you. Uh, and I'll try and keep this fairly brief so that we have opportunity for more discussion. but. Dispatch Health started in 2013 more or less as a proof of concept to understand how much of unnecessary ED utilization could we pull outside of the um, brick and mortar setting of an emergency room uh, and deliver directly at somebody's true bedside um, in their home or where they're really comfortable. so we we started as a pilot because truly you have to test this concept, right? It's really difficult to say how much of the emergency room can we bundle up in a car and take to somebody's home. Uh, and the way that we did that is we actually embedded with uh, with one of the local 911 systems in Denver, South Metro Fire Rescue, uh, which gave us an immediate patient population. So what we did is for your low acuity calls, if somebody called 911, we would dispatch out alongside the ambulance and give the individual in the home the opportunity to say, I feel comfortable being treated on scene or no police transport. The interesting part of that um, that entire study was we really were able to refine and understand clinically what our capabilities were, um, what we needed in the car. And I'll just give you an example. We started with a really large pumper truck, right? Um, And then we shrunk all the way down to a Prius um, in in terms of space. But most importantly, we were able to understand, do patients feel comfortable being treated in their home? Um, Are they, you know, Is the quality of care that's being delivered in a home environment really good, um, as well as is there any cost savings? And so we were able to prove all of those things through that 18-month pilot. That ran 2013 to 2014. And just at a really high level, to give you an idea, we were able to see 96% of the individuals um, that were Alpha Bravo calls through 911. Of those folks, that was about 400 patients. Um, of those folks, we had a less than 3% bounce-back rate to the emergency room for SAMR-related symptoms, and we saw a cost savings of close to a million dollars. So pretty incredible, right, for proof of concept. Um, yeah, and what that, you know, what that allowed us to do was understand that what we were doing was good, right? It was good care, quality care. Um, and and, um, and really patient-centered. What we did is we took that data to both payers to establish relationship from the insurance side or carrier side, as well as we took it to investors. So we've been up and running as Dispatch Health since August of 2015. That's in Denver, right? That's where we, we originally were started. Um, and the way that it really works, is pretty simple, right? So you call us to request care or something acute occurs. You can call to request care. You can request care through a mobile app because we live, you know, in the century of smartphones and that's how people maybe want to access care. Um, Or you can request care through the web, which I think is really important. So we meet the patient where they feel most comfortable. We do have a pretty sophisticated risk stratification that occurs when you call us. So we're not going to come out if you have chest pain with shortness of breath, right? So if it's life set, threatening, time-sensitive, we will d- divert you to the emergency room. Um, however, if we feel like we can provide safe, definitive care on scene, we give you an estimated time of arrival. We're on scene 45 minutes to an hour on average. It's a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant alongside an EMT, and uh, and we treat the entire lifespan as well, right? So we, do, we are treating pediatrics all the way through geriatrics. Um, we... I think the most important thing about what we do, in addition to the level of care we're able to provide in the home, is we follow up with your primary care provider, right? So we're coordinating care as a follow-up, and we're creating some level of continuity of that care as well. If you go into the emergency department, your PCP may or may not understand that you were there. We are sending notes 100% 100% of the time, right? So our encounter summary goes to your PCP. It may also have captured some social determinants, if that's appropriate. We may have done some medication reconciliation, again, if it's appropriate, in addition to providing that care on scene with you. We call our patients three days after. We bill their insurance, so on and so forth. So really pretty simple in terms of how we're delivering care in the home.
1: Okay, that's uh, overall pretty incredible. <laughs> I mean, if, if I can reflect yep. that back a uh, it almost sounds like what you're doing, you know, for for healthcare is Amazoning it, if I can put it a certain sort of a way. Because oh. you know, it, it sure. used to be that, well, it used to be that, you know, for instance, retail, you know, you go to a little mom and pop shop, and then we moved yeah. to big box stores where you could kind of do everything in once, but you you still had to leave your house and nothing was online. And then you moved to those being online, and now you know, you can conduct you know uh, everything online with you know payment and uh, um, uh, requesting something and receiving it returns everything in, in really one place that's super convenient fits modern lifestyles uh, and provides a better experience you know for, for less cost it almost sounds like you're hitting sure. a step ahead because you're not delivering an yeah. item you're you're bringing you know uh, health care and improved health to people this way uh, and you're able to to do it in an incredibly complex fashion am I am I hearing you right
2: Yes, yeah, I think, you know, a quick six minute overview that, that is uh, that's a good way of, I think, um, pulling it together. We utilize a quote that Mark Bertolini, the CEO of Aetna, often says, and that's convenience is the new quality, right? So when we look at our key performance indicators as a company, uh, we're always looking at patient satisfaction, and our patient patient satisfaction scores have never dropped below 90. Um, we're utilizing that promoter score, which is on a Likert scale. Right? How likely are you to recommend this service to a family member or friend? Industry average is around 30. Um, This last month in Denver, my clinical team was at 98. Um, And that's with a high response rate from our patients as well. But I don't think what we're doing is necessarily magic. It's just that we're going directly to the patient rather than the patient having to come to us. We're billing their insurance. It's a lot less than going to an emergency room. And, And then we're communicating, right, on their behalf as well.
1: So... Okay. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I mean, this is an amazing idea. Can Can you tell us a little bit more about how it started? Was there a particular experience that somebody had, or was there some other sure. thing that brought them together?
2: Yeah. So our uh, we have two co-founders. One, um, his name is, and he's our CEO. His name's Mark Tracer. He's an emergency medicine physician, right? Um, and he had worked locally in Denver, um, as well as, staffed many of the emergency rooms around Denver. And so he was constantly looking at um, the nature of an ER, right, in this acute care problem that is the emergency room, being that it's an expensive place to receive care. Patient experience isn't great because you're spending very short or minimal amount of time with your providers. Um, You're seeing multiple people during that stay, right? You may feel like you've gotten forgotten about at times, um, and you leave, and communication may or may not have occurred with your PCP, um, or there may not be a very clear care plan in place for you as an individual. So so because of that, and if you look at data, I think what's really interesting is, you know, about 40% of folks who go to the ER, it's unnecessary. They have non-urgent needs. And there's an additional 20% that we would argue have urgent but not emergent needs. So you're talking a substantial amount of people that could be treated um, in a more comfortable place at a lower cost um, and be able to spend a much longer time with, uh, with their provider as well. Okay. No, that's,
1: that's, that's really uh, yeah. that great. That's it. Um, you know, yeah. uh, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm wondering, can you think, you know, as we can see, you're in your car right now. <laughs> yeah. very, you know, that's, that's a beautiful conference room you have. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely, isn't
2: it? My computer's here. It <laughs> works.
1: Very and, spinning and, for dispatch. <laughs> and there you go. And clearly because of that, you know, you saw from moving to and fro. Can you think of a, a particular patient story that, that's come up as you've done this where um, in comparison hmm. to uh, what a patient might have done otherwise, you know, they just had an incredible sure. Or, or
2: an outcome that was just great for them. Sure, I can use uh, two examples. So I do quite a few ride-alongs with our provider teams as well, so that I can see how care is being delivered in the home. And um, we went and saw a patient who had um, pneumonia. He had called with uh, severe cough and weakness. Right, I think is what his chief complaint was. That we went out on it. I'm not. I'm not clinical, so keep me honest here. We went out into the home, and I thought what was really interesting, we got there. Um, He was able to come and open the door, but what we did is where he was most comfortable was laying in his bed. So we went directly to his bedside. He laid in his bed the entire time. We were able to do, we did a flu test while we were there, right, flu swab. Um, We also ran um, IV fluids. We started IV meds so on and so forth, all while he laid in bed. And it was really incredible, I think, just to see the clinical team and how they were interacting with the patient. They went down to his kitchen to get him more water because that was a the request. They were able to bring him tissues from his bathroom right directly to his bedside um, so that he really didn't have to move from his bed and was able to lay there where he was comfortable. While we were in his home, they called his daughter who, um, who was very involved in, her, in his care as well. We had her conference on so that he could also be communicating with his daughter that entire time, right, about how he was feeling and how it was going. Um, his wife was actually in the hospital um, and hospitalized, so he didn't have that support system at home. It was really his daughter who was on the phone. She was at work, but she was going to be able to stop by later in the day, and we were able to care for him while he laid in bed. When we were leaving, the mobile imaging company was getting there to then run the chest x-ray, right? Um, We also sent the electronic uh, script to his pharmacy of choice. His daughter was going to pick it up, but we had already started his immediate medications while we were there through IV. Um, So I just think overall, it was an incredible experience to watch. We were in his home, I think, for an hour and 10 minutes about providing care. And, um, and he never had to leave. He, he got to lay there the whole time. His daughter was put at ease because we were in his home and she didn't have to worry about her other parent then going to the emergency room, right? And potentially risking a hospitalization. We billed his insurance immediately following and we also called his PCP, called his PCP because we wanted, um, we wanted him to know exactly what we treated his patient for. No, that's, that's so
1: that's a decent
2: a- example.
1: That's a great
2: example. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great example. Um, and on the other side of the spectrum, last week we had a patient, um, mom who had two kiddos, all were very ill, including mother. Um, she, she didn't feel good enough. She had severe nausea, vomiting, didn't feel good enough to get in the car and drive all three of them um, right out of the home. So we went to her house. We actually treated each kiddo and mom Um, While they laid in their beds in their in their house, we just essentially went room to room So I think that's another interesting example very much on on a different spectrum, but um, If you start to look at you know, there's physical and sometimes Social mobility challenges that individuals have and if you're able to bring that care to them um, There's a comfort piece there as well as there's not maybe the anxiety of having to worry about transport into another location
1: Yeah, no, I mean, as I listen to you as um, a provider myself, as a physician, you know, know, really what I'm hearing to some degree, what I'm thinking of is you're getting rid of the walls. You know, and, and some of those are physical walls, which are, you know, if somebody can't leave their own home or it's very difficult even if they can't leave their home to get into a, a hospital or a clinic situation, those walls go away, you bring people together and then you're getting rid of the metaphysical walls, if you will, as well. You know, the anxiety yeah. of having to leave your own space and the socioeconomic barriers that prevent a lot of people from being able to, you know, take time or, or space out of their day to really be able to do this. It, it sounds like, you know, really it's just walls are coming down you're bringing the experience of care and the experience of the patient into the same space, which is not something, frankly, as a physician who practices in a traditional setting, I'm able to do. Forget want to do. I might want to I, do, but I do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure.
1: No, that's, that's, that's really, really incredible. Um, now, there's, uh, it's been said, I've heard it uh, been said that um, a lot of the innovation in healthcare um, not health, necessarily, but healthcare care at least is operational when it comes down to it. You know, a lot of industries talk about, you know, you build a platform and then you scale it and You know, then you sell it in your IPO and a lot of what we do and what I'm hearing from you is, is that the challenges are operational and you have to get the operations to work inside of that. What challenges have you really had, uh, you know, as you've been working on this, you know, to move from an idea to Reality always takes a few steps. And yeah. Okay. Tell us about you know, some of the, the hiccups and how you address them along the
2: way. Sure. I think um, so. I've been with the company since we started, um, and I've watched this as we've progressed over time. But one of the biggest challenges that we continue to have is how do you stay top of mind right so you can operationally figure out how to be sound as an organization but then how do you change behavior that people already have so people's behavior today is to immediately call 911 right or go to the emergency room we work very closely with, with physician practices as well. So think if you're on call as a, as a provider um, and you want us to see your patient, it, you have to remember, right, that Dispatch Health is an available resource so that you don't potentially have to send them to the emergency room. So that's one pick, big piece. A second piece that's been really interesting is um, also having the ability to gain trust of, of an individual, or if a physician is making that referral to us to go see their patient. You know, I think we're starting to be in a day where you understand quality outcomes based on a hospital, right, location, an ED, urgent care. You know which ones are quality driven, but we're an entirely new care delivery model. Um, Our clinical outcomes are incredible, but I think to gain trust in us coming into your home, for starters, and then if you're a physician and you're making the referral to us, there's that component as well. Um, Now, we've had very interesting ways of overcoming both of those here in Denver, but we have started to scale. So now we're in new cities, and we're seeing some of those same interesting dynamics occur in each new city that that we enter into. I will tell you, once you start to get... Just those, those initial patients and those, um, I would say, provider leaders within a community to utilize your service, they become um, really brand ambassadors, and they have been critical to our success as well.
1: Got it. So it sounds like, you know, um, you know part of the challenge is coming up with the idea to start. Another piece of the challenge is, yeah. you know, uh, making it into something. And then, if you will, the final part of the challenge, which I personally think sometimes we don't always appreciate in healthcare, is behavior change, is, you know, getting yeah. people from what they've done to what they perhaps would like doing better, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that, that um, mythical quote, if you will, by uh, Ford, who said, if I'd asked people what they would wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. Uh, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it looks like avoiding disaster. Yep. This is something you've really worked on and you've really, really pushed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, no one's done this before. So it's been, you had traditional house calls, right? 1940s and earlier, and then that dropped off. And now we have technology infrastructure that we can utilize to support us, right? So an EKG, it's like in a backpack that we take into the home. Our lab capabilities are all they're minimal right they're small in comparison to what they historically were but but it's it's like a it's an entirely new delivery model so there's pieces where we're just like how do you do this like no one <laughs> we're figuring it out as we go but right. it's been really fun yeah
1: oh, oh I got. It. well well it looks like yes. uh, we're starting to get uh, a couple of questions here and let me go ahead and throw right. those out I uh, wanted to remind uh, everyone who's listening, please uh, throw some questions into the question and answer, uh, because we really want to know what you want to know, and we want to discuss uh, what's, what's on your mind about this incredible new model. So the first question we have is uh, the cost of the service. Uh, what does this typically cost patients? Does it have a different model than typical care? Is it similarly billed? How do you do it? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, we actually
2: have a case rate um, so that we can be really cost transparent, right? So if an individual calls us based on their insurance, we're able to tell them the exact cost of care. If you have a traditional plan, it generally looks like your urgent care or your specialist copay in terms of cost, depending on your insurance carrier. If you um, if you have a high deductible plan, it's a case rate that's somewhere between, we generally use two to $300 as the benchmark, uh, and we're able to tell you that exact cost. We also have a soft pay rate of 275 Now, I will tell you that cost is total cost of care. So if we come into your home and we're doing IV fluids, IV meds, sutures, you know, we so on, it like labs, so on and so forth. That's total cost of care um, in terms of what Dispatch Health is delivering in your home. So very minimal in comparison to that of an ER.
1: Okay. And in your experience, how does that compare to, say, the cost of – average cost of care in emergency departments? You don't
2: – I know it's different market care. to market.
1: You just pick one or yep. care and urgent care in, in, in a given market? Yeah, The the easiest way, I think, to talk about it is eight to ten times cheaper,
2: right, um, in terms of, of cost other pieces you don't get a level of transparency when you walk into an emergency room. And one of the larger challenges that we're seeing in Colorado is freestanding, right? So you can go into a freestanding ER thinking that you're going into an urgent care setting, maybe have a urinary tract infection, and end up with a bill for $3,400, say, right? That was an example that I think uh, Nine News did a cover story on. And so um, so that it, it all varies depending on cost, we use an average of, you know, 1500 to 2000 in terms of what the average cost of an ER, uh, and then we're between two to
1: $300. Which is just, you know, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, another yeah. Qu- uh, so, yeah, no. So another question, uh, how does a patient who's home alone and isn't able to drive to a pharmacy get the prescriptions uh, that get prescribed during the visit?
2: Um, so if they're home alone and they're not able to get there, uh, that's a really good question. So we generally try to work with their um, social, right, surrounding, whether it's the example that I utilized earlier, it was his daughter who actually went to the pharmacy um, and was able to pick up those medications. In some cases, we do work with um, companies that deliver um Deliver medications to the home. I'll use Innovate uh, as an example. They are able to deliver medications after Dispatch Health is out and treating one of their participants.
1: Got it. So it, it sounds like yep. in the care experiences uh, a whole. You're not just. Um, I mean, there's obviously mobilizing the uh, experience of, of person of direct person-to-person healthcare, but there's also a component in sure. here that you are doing coordination of care. That is perhaps yeah. normally more difficult to get in an urgent care or an emergency department and, and actually saying, okay, we realize your primary barrier here may be something yeah. that relates to health piece, which is, that sounds like another it, information.
2: It is, yes, um, and I will tell you, we've gotten to those, those patients where, say, it's a holiday weekend or something's a little bit more difficult in terms of getting out, we have enough medications where we can use a few doses, right? So if we need to leave a couple of doses behind, we can do that as well, which I think is important to note. So we're always looking at how do we make this easiest for the patient so that they don't have to um, have to potentially jeopardize their care or end up um, in another setting.
1: No, got it. And, you know, with a 3% bounce back rate, that sounds like you're optimizing that uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Another question. Uh, In Colorado or really in any of your markets, will Medicaid pay for the service?
2: Yes. Um, Yeah, so Medicaid, Medicare, and TRICARE are all um, payers that we work with as well. And then we have uh, relationships with all major payers, including Medicare Advantage plans.
1: Got And in really getting payers to come on board, uh, since, you know, Civic, you know, works a lot with data, you talked yeah. you a good bit about your data and your outcomes. Was that key in opening up those conversations or in, in closing the, those sorts of uh, partnerships and agreements? Absolutely. Um,
2: because I think it's there's a couple of components there, right? We're an entirely new delivery model. We may be a little bit more expensive than just an urgent care visit, and so how do you communicate that to your patients? Um, um, if, you're, if you're an urgent care copay, that's one thing, but if they have a high deductible care plan, you want that transparency of cost. And then the other piece is how do you make sure that you're not um, taking over primary care? Patients either right, so we don't. We're not primary care. Um, we we act as an extension of the care team that exists today for that patient, right? For after hours, weekends, but there's not same day capacity. We're able to treat those patients, and it's a part of our entire risk assessment. So if a patient calls us and it's an inappropriate utilization of dispatch health, we will have that conversation with the patient as well, which I think is critical for payers to understand too. We understand and we are firm believers that primary care is a critical piece to an individual's care team, Uh, and we want to make sure that they're tucked in. We're not stepping on those toes, if you will, Um, and we're tucking those patients back in. Another component of that, I will tell you, if a patient calls us and they don't have a PCP, we do have a repository of physicians that are accepting new patients, and so we can make those referrals as well because we do want a patient to establish a relationship with a primary care provider.
1: Well, I'll say as a, a primary care physician, uh, that is music to my ears. <laughs> oh God. Care, <laughs> you, know, you know, fragmentation of care is a, a real issue nowadays, and it sounds like you're working in the exact opposite direction. You know, you want to make sure folks have, you know, that that medical home, if you will, and a, a place they can go to, to, yeah. um, you know, really plug in everything. And and that's really, yeah. really, really. Um, I would say that, that is, I, I really listened to you talk. Uh, you've really laid things out really well. Um, you know, I'd like to, to give you an opportunity to really uh, talk a little bit about where you think this is going to go, and you know, you know uh, what what your your next ideas and steps are, some you know uh, additional innovative things that, that that you're kicking around. You know, you don't have to make any promises. <laughs> just because. You know. <laughs> sure.
2: Um, So I think, and I didn't speak to this that much, but the other side of our company, is much of a clinical practice, we are, uh, we have a very significant, sophisticated technology infrastructure that supports our teams locally, as well as makes for a very interesting and seamless patient experience. So where I see this going is I do think that there's a place for home-based care overall, and I do think that um, the acute care delivery in the home adds a lot of value, right, um, as well in terms of quality outcomes that we're seeing, especially if you look at very frail populations, um, the ability to not have to worry about 911 transport into the ER, risk the hospitalization, and then potentially get discharged to, say, SNF, right, or something, some other um, acute, across the continuum of care, another um, uh, facility type. So I think... You know, I think that there's a place for it, but I think that we can continue to build our technology to help support that experience and make it more and more seamless. And I'll give this example: We just launched a tool um, that we call our narrow network, right? So we can pull up and we can say, "Okay, Melanie Plaxton has United Healthcare. This is exactly where she you can send." for um, medications too. This is where she can get her x-rays done. This is where she can get xyz done, right, so that it stays in network for me as an individual, and it contains cost for me as well. Um, So I think that's a component of it. I think continuing to build and grow on social determinants of health is really important as well. When you look at cost, for individuals, if they have one, to any functional impairments, right, it doesn't matter how many chronic conditions they have, it's a more costly, they're more costly as an individual, but also there's, I think, a significant opportunity to support um, that individual with community resources if you can identify it in the home. And that, that identification is key, but then what do you do about it? And that's, we've been able to identify, now it's how do we really, coordinate care, identify those um, community-based resources that automatically we can tuck that patient into, whether they have, they don't have adequate access to transportation or food or, right, we're looking at their activities of daily living, so on and so forth. So that's where I see this continuing to morph, where we're, we're looking at, you know, truly driving for the individual the ability to age in place support them effectively outside of the walls of a, of a hospital, and when you talk about medical home, right? We're we're integrating across the board to make it um, just a good care
1: experience for them. And the medical neighborhood. very long-winded
2: answer.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's yeah. a great answer. I mean, the way I'd say is, you're eventually looking to move from being a healthcare company to a health company, as it were. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, sure. that's, that's the way to go with this incredible platform you have. Well, uh, the time went really fast. Uh, we've come up on 1230. Uh, I did want to give you a chance to, you know, make any final, you know, sort of, you know, you know, plug statements or anything that, that you'd like to do and, and, and go from there.
2: I mean, I think if individuals are interested or they want to learn more, they're welcome to reach out to me directly. And so I'll give Civic the opportunity to share my contact information. You can find more if you go to dispatchhealth.org or .com, sorry, dispatchhealth.com. And um, and, and we'll continue to push out, I think, more information as we continue to expand and and grow as a company. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for inviting us.
1: No, absolutely. And thank you so much for spending time with us. And, and thank you to everyone uh, who uh, has uh, tuned in today to uh, listen. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone, uh, once again, we'll be having a, another uh, one of these uh, in the upcoming month. And uh, you should uh, look into uh, your uh, email and, and, and uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, additionally, this particular chat uh, will uh, soon be uploaded uh, to the Civic um, website. So if you'd like to pass it along to various other folks, there'll be an opportunity to do that. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, um, you know, Thank you, Melanie. The, uh, for joining us today. Thank you to all of our participants. And we will see you again soon. Thank you.